0: The following podcast is brought to you by The Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to see all these faces. Um, it seems like every four months, my eyesight gets a little worse. <laughs> and as this gets closer, it's, it still seems far enough away. Um, so anyway... It really is amazing to look out and see this face, this just sea of faces. Some, at this point, so familiar. It's really more my family than my family, actually. It's kind of astonishing. Um, And then all these new faces. uh, And to uh, accentuate... (laughs) What Bokashi said yesterday, I really commend the bravery of all the new people uh, who's showed up here today. You know, I talked to some people who had barely sat, and they decided to come join a Zen retreat. Little did they <laughs> know what they were getting into, but uh, <laughs> nobody left. <laughs> no one had a nervous breakdown, and... Um, Just that, well, we don't know exactly, (laughs) but no. Uh, And that fresh energy just adds so much, and it's amazing how we do the same thing year after year, and it's the same but different. It's incredible. Like, after 35 years, every time it's so the same. And it's just so, so, so different. Um, Special thanks to everybody who's been behind the scenes organizing and making this happen. I've just felt like I've had no idea how anything's happened, but everything is just happening (laughs) beautifully. And I know how much work that takes, so... Uh, Fusho and Gesho, and Shusō especially. Um, uh, many bows. Um, so for some of us, uh, this morning is a conclusion, in a sense, of this part of the Sishin, although, of course, as so intimated this morning, should you wish it to... It can continue in its own way once you leave here. And for others of us, we're actually just really midway in, kind of starting to get into the uh, in some ways the heart of things, which has always been there. But um, And it's all contained within the time being just the flow in which we're all equally apart. And this includes everybody even who's not here physically, uh, by joining us through Zoom, and even those not joining us uh, through Zoom. So... Needless to say, with everything that's going on in the world uh, today, people just seem so ready this year, particularly, to just go there. It's kind of like there just hasn't been any fucking around. Not a lot of joking around, not a lot of wasted time. No, just everybody is here for a reason. And... uh, It's keeping it's keeping this container uh, strong and potent, even, as it's still very much finding its way. Each day, you know, you can hear the difference. And this morning, um, just the liturgy was so beautiful, like, you know, the bells just calling and speaking to each other and... It's just that Session language of silence uh, with just movement and sounds uh, replacing words. And uh, it was just the den show, just that was, it's like sh- being out at sea and the ships being called in. It was so beautiful. Um, So let's continue this. (laughs) Uh, You know, just this quality of attention and devotion and caring about detail and subtlety. And uh, um, it all makes a difference. And in a sense... It's all really creating and shaping the form of this container or this cauldron. And it's sort of like this giant distilling cauldron of energy. Um, So, just to reiterate, there's really nothing else in the world like this, and it happens with us only twice a year. So uh, just really make the most of it because it's also gonna be over and gone in an instant. We're gonna fold up and it'll be all over. So uh, really appreciate every moment while we're here simultaneously creating it which I think is a lot of what Dogen is actually talking about, I think, in this text. So it's funny, you know, turn of phrase, because, you know, I was thinking we habitually refer to coming on retreat as taking time out of our busy lives. Um, but isn't it actually ourselves that we're taking out of our busy lives? <laughs> not something called time, (laughs) you know. So I guess he's continually begging a question, what is time anyway? Um, And are we really taking ourselves out of our lives when we do something like come here? Or are we actually taking ourselves more deeply into them? Logan reminds us in Uji again and again what we so often forget that we ourselves, life itself, is time. And that wherever we go, time surely goes with us. With every breath, another moment is born. So being here for myself has felt particularly sort of nourishing and healing because it does kind of slow things down, uh, if you will. Um, And just having this much time or life uh, to spend delving into our inner world You know, I can't remember, I guess it was since this summer that I've spent this long without uh, checking and being racked uh, by the news.
1: Um, You know,
0: these damn phones, which, you know, you have to have in these fucking news flashes, alerts, you know, and I'll just... So hard to see something. It's just like, oh, my God, stop. And I just turn it over. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, for some reason, well, it's just too much right at the moment. And this, I just, I'm giving myself this five days. I'm not even going to read the rest of that sentence. Um, uh, So it's just so important this time we give ourselves here, you know, to kind of just drop the usual patterns, habits, and routines that we're just in constantly and we don't even know. And uh, doing this certainly gives myself the opportunity, and I hope all of you... um, just a kind of freedom and opportunity to see things and ourselves differently. Um, Just to simply and freshly shift perspective, maybe just a little bit. And most importantly, as much as what we see outside, um this really includes and focuses on the usual habits and emotions underlying so much of our psyches uh, that we're often, too often, not even aware of. For me, this year, it's certainly been anxiety. Uh, but there's a raft of others uh, It's just taking center stage. I sort of didn't even realize how much anxiety in some ways until uh, I got here and I could just really feel it in my body. Um, so this... This study of the self is always important work to do. I mean, that is really our practice. But um, I think especially with just so much trauma and violence and catastrophe, uh, everywhere in the world right now at the same time, you know, at this very moment, uh, it's more important and I think valuable than ever for us to really, and I think Bokushu intimated at this yesterday, to also start to really discern and get clear about what is the anxiety, anger and fear born from what is happening out there in the world, which is a lot of cause for all of those uh, emotions and states. Um, But also those same states that are our own, uh, that are most often hidden, those personal destructive states of mind, the fear, the greed, the anger and the ignorance, you know, that's born out of our own unique and individual karma. Particularly trauma that's unique to us. And we can hear that word so often that it's like, oh God, my trauma, you know, like... But it's actually very real and very powerful when it's your own. And I think we all know that. And as our own is really a big deal, so is actually everybody else's. Uh, It's really not something to make light of. Uh, So I want to following with Musho's wonderful analogy of load sensing. um, I really love that washing machine uh, metaphor. um, To really practice our own load sensing. Which I think really gets at that inner sensing of reality that's born from our zazen. So, these states inside of us uh, really need our attention and our care. Uh, to deal with because uh, in my experience um, as much as I wish they would they just don't seem to go away on their own and I can shift my attention from them and I can ignore them and I can pretend they don't exist and I can try to will them away Uh, but it's sort of like Uh, those Chinese finger paper things that you would stick your finger in and like the more you would try to pull away from them, the tighter, (laughs) somehow the tighter it gets. Uh, So there's a way in which we really need to allow ourselves, and push ourselves uh, to go there. And um, in my experience, it's absolutely not something one can do alone. These states probably you know, more than anything else, really affect how I, and I'm sure everyone else, relate to the world and create the worlds around us. So, you know, as someone else also said, um, I can't keep anything straight anymore, but, um, you know, we can think that working on ourselves is self-indulgent, but actually, we too are the world, and how we relate to ourselves actually is also, even though we often don't realize it, how we're relating to everyone else. So, in a sense, it's more than just a luxury and a nice thing to do if we're able to. And we are, everyone in this room, as you all know, is so fucking fortunate compared to probably 80% of the world right now who just doesn't have the opportunity or the luxury uh, in a sense, even though it's not a luxury, but in another way, it is a luxury. Uh, So we really should not waste this time. You know, while it's hard, the more we read and hear and see around us, you know, I don't get into the city as often like I used to, just for a whole number of reasons, but as much as everything that's going on across the world, I was just staggered by how many people I saw on the street everywhere. Um... Old women, children, just everyone, you know, like, just, it was raining, it was freezing. It's 86th Street and Lexington Avenue, and they're just out there crying for help. And we're all, myself included, walking by, going on. It's like, you know, how is this happening? Um... it's kind of almost impossible to not fall into despair, you know, and maybe we do need to fall into despair, but as we fall into despair, you know, you can't stay there. We also have to come up and out of our despair. And I think remind, just keep reminding ourselves that every ripple we create in this big pond we call the world somehow makes a difference. Um, even when we can't see it. Uh, during the service this morning, I was just uh, the chanting, especially the last chant when we were doing the on. just looking around the room, you know, with all the pain out there, I could just see on everybody's faces and in people's voices, how much pain, actually, and sorrow each of us is carrying right now for reasons out there and also stemming back inside and further in our own personal um, karma. You know, it's just really not easy to be alive and be a human being and have a life. Um, So uh, somehow seeing ourselves as time itself, uh, perhaps we can feel a little bit more how our life is not separate um, from the life of the whole world. Moment follows moment, follows moment, follows moment, follows moment. And with each breath, we are flowing with this great flow of all that is alive in this world. Um, And the time being leaves nothing and nowhere out. Uh, We seem to like to prioritize and judge, uh, believing we can break up and isolate uh, various moments of this ongoing flow. Um... And I think somehow this gives us this illusion uh, of control Um, or importance that this activity, this person, this place is more important than some other activity, some other place, et cetera, and so on. And we so often tend to want to just get to what we call or believe to be the good part or the important part or the part that's going to make a difference Um, or to ignore and cut off or fly through the parts uh, we think are not important. Uh, or for whatever reasons we don't like. Um, and particularly with the parts of ourselves uh, that we don't like. And we just don't realize uh, not only is there room and time for everything. Because it's there. The room is created by what's in it. Um, But actually, that it all makes a difference. And with our attention and care, all of it can be interesting, and all of it actually can teach us something. I think I talked about this before in some ways, you know, with my pots and, you know, the analogy of uh, coil, making coil pots and how initially, you know, I found the process of making the coils um, for a coil built pot just tedious and boring and not really that important, and just something I had to get through to get to the good part, the important part, uh, which I thought was just the last stage of shaping the pot. Of course, not realizing that, in fact, it is just the beginning. It is the pot, and it is also the shaping of the pot. It's not separate. Um, the time spent on what we all too often consider unimportant and mundane not only is the thing itself, but it also can give us uh, and provide the mind and the body a time to wander, in a sense, um, And be free while still being active, you know? Uh, So, wandering and free while also being quite attentive. Uh, And... Honestly, I think in some ways that's one of the problems with our culture and our world right now. Everybody just wants to have a machine do it or somebody else do the drudgery or the bad part or what we think of as boring or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of like, for those of you who actually are having the opportunity to be sweeping during the street, it's kind of like, how great is that? You know, I mean, actually, when you're really in it, it's like, oh, wow, you know, here's this pile and you get in the corners and and the rhythm of your body with the broom and then you know, at the end of it, it's like, wow, the floor is really clean, and then everybody's gonna be walking on the floor. And like, I cleaned that floor. Uh, it's not like I'm just walking on this thing that, well, God, why the fuck isn't this floor clean? Like, I <laughs> just stomp over the piles of dust and whatever, you know, like, somebody should really do something about that. Um, And just to say that if I'm honest, all my own best ideas in my own work happen when I'm not trying to have them. They all happen pretty much more or less by accident while I'm doing something else. Something happens and it's like, oh, wow, then, you know, you want to pay attention to see that or you miss it. But, you know... um, so, um, uh, just another and completely different example, uh, in another way it was like, I was called to jury duty a few months ago and, um, I had gotten out of it before and I was just dreading it, dreading it, dreading it. You know, I was like, oh, I'm so busy. I have so many things to do and, oh God, I'm going to have to sit through this and, um, You know, even though intellectually I thought it's a very important civic duty and everybody should do it, as long as it's everybody else. (laughs) Um, Which surprised me, you know. But, uh, you know, at a certain point I realized, okay, like the night before, there's really no getting out of this. I'm actually going. And... um, And even on the bus on the way there, I was just like (laughs) And then as soon as I got there, we were all waiting outside, and it's like this new courthouse in Staten Island. And it's just this very strange mix of old and new. And I was like, oh my God, this is really interesting. Like, just the collection of people from really every single walk of life who would not be together in one place in this way for really any other reason. And we're like, we're all just waiting out there. And then there's um, all the people in the courtroom, the corrections officers, the clerks, the guards, the this, the levels of... Bureaucracy, and then lawyers in suits, and... I don't know, it was... Fat, I mean, it was actually... It was fascinating. Um, and... Once I surrendered, actually, to, oh, this is where I am, and this is what's happening... Um, it just completely transformed. It was a shift in my perspective. Nothing, it's always been the same thing. Every day, every day, every day. It's not extraordinary to the people there every day per se. Um, But even the tedium of it became in a strange way. Interesting. Um... And it sort of in some ways changed how I thought and felt about the justice system, uh, both good and bad. Like, on one hand, oh, my God, this is kind of great that it's just this incredible mix of people. And then other ways, it's just like, oh, my God, really, any God help, anything could happen, really. Um, So it was... Illuminating. Um, So, what is my point here? Okay. For some reason, I had a very hard time writing this. Uh, Like, what was I even going to try to say? um, But I think this is just focusing on how much the quality and experience um, of our lives is colored, really, by our ideas and our views on what's happening, um, which is so often in contrast to what's actually happening when you're there and with them, um, and particularly with people um, And it's so important for us to remember that our views of ourselves uh, and what we're doing and what we're not doing and what we should be doing are actually just views and not necessarily reality. Um, And of course, this is true what we think about other people as well. And since we all have them, um, it's really our civic duty, going with jury duty, I think, to cultivate our own awareness of what our personal habitual views and lenses of perception, if you will, are. It's impossible, and there's no need to completely get rid of them because that's never going to happen. Um, but, you know, little by little I've been experiencing that when we pay attention to them and really start to investigate them, uh, we can be less ruled and separated from the world by them. We don't have to have them on all the time Take them off, they may snap back, but we just put them down again when we notice. Um, So, I guess how I got there was, uh, you know, it's quite, I'm just going to trust that the sentence makes sense leading into the next sentence, so I'll just... Do a dog. (laughs) It's quite natural uh, and healthy to think about where we are or maybe going and where we're coming from, or in some ways, as he was saying, I think, whether we're arriving or not arriving or arrived. Every doorway, every moment is both an exit and an entry. Every step is both coming and going. Uh, It's like, I don't know if you ever noticed when you're doing slow kin-hin, it can be so interesting, you know, to just think about with your breathing, if you're sinking into the ground on the inhale Or if you sink and you can switch and play with how different it feels, or if you're sinking into the ground on the exhale and play with that. And it's just where you place your attention changes the experience of am I sinking in or am I launching off? It's the same, but it's different. Um, So, what did I say? These are just some of the infinite facets of the time being. Our time being. Our lives. Um, And it's really easy to forget that all these states, in a way on one hand, are simultaneously always true. So again, it's just, where are we putting our attention, you know? Was I leaving where I was in Calicoon before coming here, which was a somewhat of an intense experience, or am I going? Or am I in that space in between? which was equally interesting when my car broke down and that triggered a whole realm of uh, a whole other world <laughs> um, So, just to say, I am coming to the end here. It's really when we get stuck in ruminating backwards and imagining forwards that we all too often miss now, where we are right now, where we are at this moment. Um, And when we are really present right now, right here, there is no coming and there is no going and there is no arriving and there's no not arriving. There's just right here, right now, which is eternal and yet always changing. In a sense, now is presence, which by its very nature must flow, and is always flowing. And the good news with this is that even when we believe that we're stuck, and may appear and feel like we're stuck, we are actually still flowing. Nothing ever really falls out of flowing not even sticking. Gogan says, thus to study thoroughly coming and going and to study thoroughly arriving and not arriving is the time being of this moment. So um, I'll just end with a quote from the famous sage of the 60s, Ram Das. Be here now... <laughs> really here and really now um, for ourselves and for each other. So have a good rest of your session, everybody. Thank you for listening.